1: Live stream and a new episode of the Harley kayfabe your home for pro wrestling talk right here on the network my name is Matt Johnson one of your hosts alongside as always from the world of Matt Gronig and uh the Simpsons we got we got Christopher Chavez over here what's up Chris
0: what's up what's up
1: <laughs> and then all the way down in Johnny land Mr. Johnny Towns and Johnny welcome welcome back another week I appreciate you being here spending time with us here on Harley kayfabe
2: like from here to here looks acceptable but I just want everybody to know that below here is just like an atrocity to humankind <laughs> <laughs> that's basically not allowed, Johnny. and probably not allowed in most states that's, that's basically I mean. anybody <laughs> in
0: a zoom meeting anymore
2: I'm not, I'm not allowed in <laughs> Wyoming I can't go back to Wyoming anymore for some reason <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into
1: it well, <laughs> well uh for those who are watching via the live stream you'll notice that there's this stranger next to me um i don't know who he is uh he just followed me into the office space <laughs> no in all actuality uh this this strange creature next to me with a beard uh is one of my best friends he is a professional wrestler and a good human being most importantly uh everybody welcome to the show vince valor yeah, we'll just, we'll just go by your. We'll just go by that. We won't acknowledge your your, uh, your government name. We won't acknowledge your government name. But Vince, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for joining
3: myself and the boys. I'm glad to be on. I'm not used to these little Zoom meetings or the, the Facebook Lives or anything. So I mean, it, it's fun, but it, it leaves the mystery who's wearing pants and who's not. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you have rules rules here in the studio. You're breaking them, but I mean, yeah, well, we'll have some fun, I guess.
2: Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Matt, yes. In fairness, Matt and I have this pact where if one of us isn't wearing pants, the other one cannot wear pants either uh, you guys have that too, huh?
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh so if i start to stand up let me you know
3: i don't want anything flopping around on it. camera uh,
4: <laughs>
1: i'm glad to be on because i know you
3: guys had chris go on last week and i thought you guys would just call it quits after that yeah no it's <laughs> we,
1: we had to we're we're making our rounds we're making our rounds we know we've had uh we you know we've had greg on chris I, I think that might be as far as the local wrestling. See, that might be it to this point. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> take, her, take her out back. In <laughs> uh, but we are glad. We're glad uh, you were with us today. Uh, you know, the boys want to yeah. ask you some questions. we got some topics and stuff to talk about. Uh, do we want to start off with news or do we want to get right into it with Vince?
2: I'd say we will do news first and then we just take whatever's left and have some fun with Vince. If he um, will, will allow I'm us. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's, it. Um, let's, it. For it. Uh, let's
1: start off Today. Or excuse me, not today. Yesterday, uh, May 23rd, the 21st anniversary of the death of Owen Owen Yeah. As we all know, tragically fell from the ring. And uh, just this past week, Dark Side of the Ring had a little special on it. Uh, Very, very insightful. Very, very good. But it's uh, definitely something I wanted to acknowledge on this show because... Well, growing up, Owen Hart. Well, even still to this day, Owen Hart probably one of my top five, if not top ten, wrestlers of all time. I always thought he was better than Bret, uh, and, and I remember where oh, I yeah. was that day. I remember where I was that day. I was very, I was upset, man. I, I never experienced anything like that as a fan of wrestling, uh, especially Owen Hart, who you know comes off as such a wonderful human being. First off, he, as a, just a pro wrestler, and then you go and watch this Dark Side of the Ring video, and you're seeing all the behind the scenes stuff, and. He, you really truly genuinely was a great person yeah. uh it it hurts and think you know what what would have been if you had been around just a few more years later some of the matches with some of the uh athletes you know yeah how great would it have been uh they did touch up on the end of the video but i um, think it was part that hits
3: most is, go ahead.
0: no go ahead go ahead ben sorry i think that's the part that hits most is
3: like how they talk about towards the end is like like had he been around, like what what matches could have been, like at like Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, those kind of matches. But they also talked about earlier on too, like how like he wanted to get out at an early enough age. So who's this? How long his run would have lasted? Me personally, I couldn't see him lasting much longer than the Invasion era for, for where he's going. But.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say actually. I was gonna say it's it may, it's kind of sad because. Uh, when you see that, that that was his plan, and and I think I had heard it before. It wasn't just from this. I think I would read it somewhere or what, uh, heard it on another documentary about his life, but he had always been about his family and had always been about, like, I want to get in, get as much as I can out of it quick and out early enough so that he wasn't one of these old guys, you know, that was not able to play with his kids in the yard. Um, so that's, that's the thing that makes it sadder to, to me because it was starting to i mean the attitude era was coming in and you could tell he was kind of uncomfortable with a lot of what they were doing anyway and so to go back to you know the the blue blazer and then and and the reason he's doing it is to, to hold on to stay and make sure he can continue to p- get that paycheck to build to the goal of getting out and spending time with his family so to know that he get, you know he's doing this and he's he's putting himself in positions where he's not even comfortable because he's just wanting to get out and be with his family. It's, it's heartbreaking, man. It's heartbreaking.
2: Yeah. Well, they, they acknowledged that they didn't really even have anything for him. Right. You know, I mean, they put this amazing worker behind a mask and even though we all knew it was him, but still, uh, you know, it's, he, he was apparently, and it seems like he was universally loved. I have yet to hear anybody mention a bad thing about him. Uh, and that's pretty incredible, not only just in the wrestling business, but just in life. Yeah, no uh, kids. That's, Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Uh, it's And the thing that really stood out to me in that documentary, it was the fact that some of the Hart family almost shunned her and his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part, for whatever reason, really stuck to me. Like, I was like, man, like I get that Mr. Man is kind of your livelihood. I get that. But there's some things that you're, you know, you got to stand by the family with, and this yeah. seemed like one of those to me.
0: Yeah, it's rough, yeah, man.
2: It, it is because it was so. It was com-
1: like completely like an unnecessary stunt. Like they yeah. showed the little clip. They showed the little clip in the video of what was holding him. And that thing was so light, like I think six pounds of pressure, and it releases or something like that. Oh man! Oh, so bad. It's so bad. it's tough, and and there are definitely two. I mean, there's there's two weird ways to handle it, right? There is the the Martha side of it, where she doesn't want WWE to have the satisfaction of even acknowledging, you know, him, you know, put, putting him, you know, up in the bright lights because of because they did they their misuse and and mis just. Unresponsibility, um, I guess, is what kill him. But the other side, too, the fans, uh, you know, the, the fans who, who love Owen and respect his game and, and everything that he, uh, you know, everything that he brought uh, to the business, you know, just to be admired. It, it's, it's such a weird debate, uh, it, but I can definitely understand both sides of it. I can understand both sides of it.
2: Yeah, I get it, too. But he is in other Hall of Fames, though, right? I believe he is. I
1: believe they. Yeah. I think they have a pro, uh, just a, a regular pro wrestling Hall of Fame. I know I they he went in 2018 for that. Did he? Yeah. Is that the one they run out of Albany?
3: I believe so. Oh.
1: Okay, they do one that runs out of Albany. I did one of their Hall of Fame shows before, and uh, and uh, I would imagine he's got to be in that one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they would just will not let WWE like
2: touch him, and it's it's fair. It's 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 fair. I think uh, it's you, I, I, just... I think it's her call. Honestly, it's her and her and his son's call. If. Yeah, if they're cool with it then sure. If they're not then I'm going to respect their wishes. Uh yeah, you know, I loved Owen Hart, but you know, he wasn't my dad and he wasn't my significant other. So I can't even imagine yeah. what it was like for them.
1: I think that what happens with the uh as far as like the brothers like Brett obviously and some of the other family that have spoken out about it, I think it's more about the the last name than it is about like like the Hart legacy versus actually being about Owen Hart maybe you know, directly about Owen Hart, where I, 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 I'm i more so on the Martha, the the immediate family side of things uh, with it. The, the Martha and his son and his daughter and all that. But that's just me.
0: Yeah. How many years did you say was it yesterday?
1: 20, it was 21. 21 wow. years. 1999.
0: Good Lord, dude. 99 was 21 years ago. Oh, my God. That's even worse. I'm getting old. I
1: had just <laughs> turned. I just turned eight years old. I just turned eight years old.
0: That's nuts, so, man. Time uh, flies. It I was does. still in.
2: I was still in school. Still, I was still in the first grade at age seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> Trying my best. Doing your which best. Which is good for which is good for North Carolina. You
1: know, to be fair to me. No, that's that's what we hear up here in New York. That's what we hear up here in New York. It's all true. Uh, <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, you know, on that token, you know, there was a lot. There was a couple tragic deaths this week. Uh, in the world of pro wrestling um, yeah it's sad that that's that the news
0: us. man it's sad that the news that's really hitting us is sad news because i mean there was a pay-per-view i think we were discussing it before there was a pay-per-view last night i can't even i didn't watch it yet so but i didn't really see too much on social media about it either so i'm not sure how it went off or how it went but overall news has been slow aside from these sad things really
3: yes it yeah it's I've just one thing results, but everybody seems to be a little too preoccupied over the deaths that it had and speak to where they're like. The pay per view isn't really their focus right now. They're still mourning that that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: without a doubt. And we did want to touch uh, up on those. The first one that happened this week, I think it was officially declared Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, was uh, was Shad? Gaspar, The former member of Crime Time. Uh, this one, oh, it was tough. It was yeah. tough. And, and but there's no buts. Uh, he went out like a like a, a hero. like a hero. Yeah. Protecting his son, saving his son's life over his. Uh, they were swimming down in, what was it? Venice Beach. It was Venice Beach. Riptide came in, uh, sucked him out, and then a lifeguard came, and he's like, save save my son. And then Chad, unfortunately, his body did end up turning up this week, but uh, just truly, truly unfortunate. You know, I've heard a lot of good personal stories about Chad over the last couple weeks. Or excuse me, the last week, ever, ever since everything happened, uh, you know, you and I, Vince, were friends with uh Colin Delaney. Yeah. Colin Delaney who was in E C W version of ECW for a brief stint when Crime Time was was uh you know, was around and Colin shared some words about how Shad pulled him aside. They he, it was after Colin had gotten released. They were the boys were in Rochester and Shad just talked to him and, and just talked him up uh, about pro wrestling and, and this and that. Uh, uh and that's not like the only story. I mean that's 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 one we can you know we're like oh wow he legit is a great dude but so many people pouring in uh this this week you know over twitter and, and facebook and this and that about how good of a person chad was and uh, it's just unfortunate man 2020 has been it's it's been a real <laughs> kick in the ass it's it, it's it hasn't been very
3: pleasant uh and this this one hurt this it's, one hurt it's a shame that it takes things like this to bring the wrestling community together like to, for everybody to show their support for that kind of stuff like i know callero renaldo po- uh released a t-shirt to benefit chad's family or design. Mm-hmm. there's a there's a GoFundMe out there all kinds of stuff yeah then i think i've seen john cena donated like 40 grand well, well, it was left anonymous but everybody just goes to believe it's john no, cena yeah. because of i think it was ctc rip was the what's the name they left underneath there but you okay. can't see
2: it either way
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> there you go
3: no but it, it's
1: it's that's the uh that's 100% it's 100% the truth though yeah. um yeah, because the wrestling community is a very weird place. Uh, we see it at the independent level all the time. Myself and Vince do. We see it on the national level. See it on
0: social uh, social media, even social man. Media, wrestling social te- media is terrible. insane. But it's but terrible. it has this past week. It's so like when you watch when you if you're a part of social media uh, wrestling social media. My Twitter is predominantly wrestling. Right, like I follow a lot of wrestlers. Yeah. I tweet a lot of wrestling. I retweet a lot of wrestling. Um, so I see a lot of what's people are and there's so much shade being thrown. There's so much garbage sometimes. Uh, toxicity, but then something like this happens, and it's like what Vince says—it's right. It it kind of pulls everybody together to remember, first of all, the love that we have for this, right, for professional wrestling, but the people that make make it up, right, and it's these kinds of people that you come in contact with that remind you of the good that what you enjoyed about it at the beginning, and and it's sad, like you said. I don't think it's like the Owen Hart thing. And it's not because you can't speak ill of the dead, because people will nowadays anyway on social. But I've not seen yeah. one thing yet where this guy has not been a stand-up guy, a class guy, uh, loved his family, you know, loved the people he worked with. I think I saw something where uh, he was talking about the, the person that worked with him was a smaller guy and talked about how Shad went out of his way to take care of him in the ring. You know what I mean? Like just It was just this, this is the guy that should represent what wrestling means
1: absolutely and unfortunately a lot of times those guys get overshadowed until something
3: like this you know tragically happens yeah it speaks more of the human being as more than it does the wrestler like not at all that shad gaspard was wasn't a great wrestler but like how many people are answering out there who's your favorite of all time oh shad gaspard like right you know, like people remember more for being the, the great person that he is and like that over in ring stuff not that he was bad in the ring at all but like it's just it's more I think that's what hits most hard is is how it happened in the situation of it is trying to protect his son. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So and that, I mean, that, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No,
0: I was going to say and, and I've heard, you know, you'll see things come out. And, and I don't know. For me, I feel like sometimes the term hero gets thrown around too easily anymore. But in this case, like this is this is when you use the word hero. This is I mean, gave his life so his son could live. He really did. Like, yeah. There's yeah. no going and, around it.
2: And he's had a the ultimate
1: sacrifice. That's the ultimate sacrifice. right? And there. he's
2: even had a history of doing the right thing, being a, a hero. I mean, this wasn't the first time that he put his life in jeopardy. Uh, he stopped the robbery at some point.
1: That's right. That was yeah. a couple
2: of years ago. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, man, what a what a I'm more sad that I never got to meet him than anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would say.
2: Have you ever and, come through
3: ESW? No, but uh, I talked to the Gullo. He says he's shared a locker room with him once and it has nothing but great things to say about him. So anybody that, that you come across, like they have nothing bad to say about him. Like, And I think like like, looking into next year, like it, the Hall of Fame, like I think this is the kind of thing, somebody mentioned it recently, this is the kind of thing that the Warrior War was made for. I would absolutely go. put that on Chad this year. Yeah, yep, 100. That's a great idea. That's 100. a great idea. Uh, uh,
1: you know, one death is hard enough but unfortunately there was another uh and it was uh, I can't I can't pronounce her name I apologize but we did have a uh wrestler just I think it was yesterday last uh yesterday evening uh two nights ago Japanese wrestler what's uh Tanaka I believe okay she committed suicide uh, unfortunately 22 years young uh and gone taken online cyberbullying uh kind of led to it and that's the negative power that social media has on yeah. yeah yeah that really 100% does true well, you know we see it all the time and uh unfortunately a lot of you know a lot of people i see i have seen a lot of people who are who tend to be cyber bullies uh being the ones who are like stop cyber bullying which is which is ironic i just wish that we would live this more often right it shouldn't take this Mm-mm. to happen uh it's just oh it's terrible it's 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 terrible i mean there's there's never a good time for this uh but yeah i mean the, re- the wrestling community has really been hit hard they're tr- they're trying hard to stay afloat with everything going on with covid with not being able to put on shows like they want to um or need to to stay afloat in a lot of cases uh this week has been another tough one it's it just seems like it's been just galling gun uh, just one thing after another um you know and and unfortunately yeah the, i mean so far all the news everything we've talked about death uh death in pro wrestling and it's one of the saddest it's it's it's, it's
2: terrible yeah yeah it's pretty awful yeah. um and i think the aspects of not only she took her own life which is sad enough but the reasoning behind it you know you never know truly what somebody's going through right you never know what they're personally dealing with and anything you can say to them even if you're a stranger, even if they don't know you can affect somebody. Oh yeah. I mean, Easily. So much, so much power in words. And we just take, and we just throw words around like they're nothing. Yeah. And I- that's not the case. Uh, it's sad and tragic. It's I'm, when I was younger, I was probably one of those people who would be like, say negative things if I thought it was funny about somebody, you know, I'd put somebody down if I thought it was really funny, but now I really try to think about, you know, if it's funny, sure. But you know, how's, How does this person want to take this? Uh, You know, right? Yeah, and I think I think
0: what happens too is a lot of times people forget that these performers, these athletes, are people. They're regular people too. They still have feelings. They still have fears. They still have you know insecurities, and so it's almost like because a, a fan looks at this person like they're a they're a larger than life, you know character or or person that they should be able to take it right they should be able to take that kind of abuse and it's 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 kind of sick i've you've seen it all over the place uh, on the indie scene where fans kind of get, get out of hand they get out of line they 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 throw things or they reach out and, and you know take a swing or do something stupid but it's it's because there's this perception that you're untouchable almost like you're a larger than life character. So you should be able to take that. What you can't take me, you know, you can take a, a power bomb off the top rope, but you can't take words coming out of my mouth. You know what I mean? And, and people have to realize that it's, 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 it's not good, man. It's not good. You gotta, it's like you said, Johnny, man, you gotta remember everybody's dealing with something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's for, that's for sure. Uh, So yeah, rough week in, uh, in that. Was there any other news we wanted to touch up on? No, uh,
2: I I also saw the results for AEW's pay-per-view last night. Um, I saw some. I, I haven't watched the whole show, but I have seen clips and stuff from it. Uh, it looked like it was apparently a fairly good show overall. I saw mostly positive feedback from it uh, on Twitter. That was but... cool. They
1: did it at the at the stadium. They did it at the football yeah. stadium.
2: Yeah, i a lot of great oh, things on that stadium stampede match. Yeah. So. I've yet to watch it, but yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to uh, check Matt that out. Yeah, Matt Hardy had a lot of fun. Uh, there's a great clip of him being, uh, that they did with him when he was getting dunked in the pool. Uh, so some really good stuff, really fun stuff. Uh, I saw but, yeah. a photo of
3: him as the version one character. I was like, dude, yeah, is this is really where they're
2: going. All right. He, uh, he would uh, get dunked in the pool and then when he'd come back up, he'd come up as a different version of Matt. Get so it happened a couple of times. It was pretty great.
0: Uh, oh, this is so good. Yeah, That's so good. Pretty great. Uh, have you guys caught the, uh, any of the, um, the last ride yet? The, t- the taker series.
1: Oh, I I'm, love it. He's been putting it over. Yeah, yeah. yeah Second I'm
0: episode was great.
2: I'm glad you said that. Uh, he Undertaker or, or I should have said he appeared as Mark. I should say yeah. Uh, on the Bill Simmons podcast, which is one that I listen to a lot. I like Bill Simmons. He usually talks about basketball, but he also loves pro wrestling and he had the Undertaker on there who just talked about his career for like an hour and a half as Mark. And it was fascinating. What? It was beyond fascinating to hear him talk like that because I'm just so used to like I grew up with the Undertaker being the Undertaker. He never broke character ever. It's also um, very
0: well known that he doesn't do podcast. Like he doesn't do right. that kind of a thing. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, it's a good listen. I definitely recommend it. He talks about everything from the match with Mick Foley to uh Like his match with Roman Reigns, where he was, he felt like he let Roman Reigns down. Oh yeah! If
0: you watch the series, there, there's a you, you watch him watch it. The first time he's he's watching the the actual match with Roman, Uh, and then later there's a there's a time where he gets a chance to talk to Roman, and he 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 apologizes. He's just like, "I'm really sorry, you know, I was not at my best," kind of a thing. And you know, Roman's trying to be like, "Oh, don't worry about it. You know, we've all been there." But you can tell it's really eat and take her up. Like he does not like that he did not get a chance to put him over. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, he he wanted to take pride in putting Roman over. Yeah, him he felt like he really let him down. Uh, but yeah, he comes off very well in the interview too, I thought. Uh, and he deals with a lot of speaking of uh, online toxicity, he deals with quite a lot too because he just recently joined like Instagram and stuff like very recently, and apparently his wife. Like gets a lot of hate because she happens to be married to him. Oh, no, his geez. kids, and he has kids, and it's like blowing people's minds. So they are mad about it. Like just the, he's a dude. I mean, I know we think he's a dead <laughs> what, man. Did you really think he was a dead man <laughs> from parts unknown? I mean, yeah. give me a break. Think, just, like, get over <laughs> yourself.
0: And I think that's what's I so forget. big about
3: it is like that's what we believe for so long is that like yeah. the Undertaker is just the Undertaker. Like we've never seen him open up like this. Like yeah. Like, it, and like this is something that's been the works for a while. Like it started this back in 2017, right after the Roman Reigns match. Mm-hmm. It, it was big that, then too. Like the, I think it was the first time I, I saw that uh, he did the the podcast on the network with Stone Cold. It's like, mm-hmm. huge. Like it, it, it it's a big deal like that because you never seen the Undertaker break character that way.
0: No. No, he, yeah. uh, there's yeah. a scene in, in that last ride where they're at the, uh, the hotel, uh, at the counter at the hotel, and it's right before his match with Roman. And Roman comes up to him and just starts talking to him and laughing. And, and he yeah. looks at him. He's like, God damn, can't you just stick to kayfabe for one minute? Like, can't you just, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah, he. I mean, you he's an old.
3: Basically, he's legit uh, upset about that. Yeah, he's
0: an old <laughs> schooler, dude. He's got that old school yeah. kind of like, you don't break it, man. You do your best not to break it when you're in public. Uh, yeah, but but just, it's no. it's definitely good. It's definitely good.
2: And I just want to take this moment publicly to say to The Undertaker that Mr. Undertaker, sir, I forgive you for Limp Biscuits rolling, rolling, rolling. Uh, I publicly forgive you for that song. I don't blame you for it. It, That's all on Limp Biscuit now, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's funny. I want that's got to be intense, right? Because like you were saying Vince, this started uh 2017, 18 whenever it was that he made the decision that yes, you know, let's do this. Let's start documenting my life. Let's start documenting these things. So it leads me to ask this. So Vince, you're your professional wrestler, we were saying you wrestle, uh you run uh most locally here in Western New York. You're a uh, part of ESW, Empire State Wrestling. Um would the, like you already know what that's like to to train to put in the work to have shows to get on the road how much more would this be if somebody was following you around all the time from the moment you wake up camera in your face to the time you're trying to go to bed while you're in the bathroom while you're on the phone like that's that's intense man yeah
3: i mean people handle it differently some people would be i think they would love the attention of it others would like not want to be bothered and that's the way undertaker was for so long like yeah it I could see him being like okay I won't want to keep character but I also don't want to be bothered by this stuff. And I've like, I've seen other documentaries too where like they just don't want nothing to do with the cameras but others embrace it like they they enjoy it. I have a confession to make. Vince, not wearing pants? No. Uh, I've been following you around
1: with a camera, and you have an OnlyFans (laughs) account that you never knew about. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) That's
3: why. That's why we have the studio.
1: I
0: was going to say, how do you think Matt's funding the studio?
3: Is that what you got the casting couch over there for? Yeah. That's
2: exactly what it is. Pray to God you don't have a. Pray to God you don't have a black light. In we closet over here yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing that. that's yeah. amazing
0: um, but yeah so I let's think, uh, i mean
3: that's yeah it's a perfect segue to get into talking about Vince. just his, before that the oh, undertaker stuff closes like yeah it, it's unfortunate that it sounds but i really feel like episode five concludes with his re- official retirement I feel like that's where this is going. And it's a tough pill to swallow, but I feel like that's what they're leaning towards. I think like, so, dude, way of, like letting everybody know, like, goodbye. This is it.
0: Keep yeah, I think that's obviously right. The title, the last ride, I think is a piece of it. Uh, But also, you know, we, we saw a lot of, because he did after that whole reigns thing, he did come back with a strong showing, uh, but then again, he had a couple of like really kind of sad showings recently that I feel like this is kind of that the, the way of getting there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Colbert!
0: laughs> Sorry, they good. did some I'm stuff good.
3: with with Drew McIntyre on, on I think it was last year, and it, like it, he showed hope that he could still go, but then you look at the the boneyard match and like it's it's tough to say how that would have went had it been in a normal environment like at, at WrestleMania in front of a yeah. crowd like they wouldn't have been able to pull off the the cinematic no. match that was but he says a lot in this documentary, like I want to go out with a match that's befitting of the undertaker at WrestleMania. And everybody spoke so highly of the boneyard match. that so it leads me to believe like, okay, that's it. But now let's let the fans know that like, okay, this is what led up to that. And this is like, this is my goodbye to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. It's, it's coming. We're all, have to, I mean, we're gonna have to accept it. Right. But then again, how long does he stay away every time? You know, it's a, it's a wrestler's thing, I guess. Cause you see it with a many, many, many of them. They say they're done. They're done. And then it calls. There's something about it.
1: He has a a lifetime contract. I just seen they just gave him a like a life. It's like a 20 something, 20 plus year contract where they just own him. Right. I mean, obviously, they're going to be paying him good money for it. But this is I mean, it's kind of smart on the WWE's part. He'll
3: always do his part. I feel like you're not going to get the the WrestleMania match out of the Undertaker every year. But every so often you you know, you'll hear and see the entrance and oh do the eyes do the eyes and then he goes back to be a mark and
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
3: no that's it's true but i think because right
1: didn't they uh, cuz one of those starcast thing was it starcast they tried to book him yeah. and he signed and it first he came yeah him. and then wwe made him pull him out so i think that, that's why they did that so wwe is all you know always going to make money off of him we're never going to see a mark Calloway appearance in AEW uh, we're never we going to see a star cast thing. Uh,
3: most, I mean, more likely than not. So, uh, and I, yeah, I and feel the, like that that pisses all of his legacy. If you were to do like AEW or anything like that. Oh think, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. And also, I know I don't know if this is in the last ride doc because I haven't got a chance to watch it. But I know during an interview on the Bill Simmons podcast, he uh, came off uh, like he would talk about Vince McMahon because of course he's going to get asked about McMahon, and he spoke incredibly highly of a man like apparently they're real friends in real life Mm -hmm. you know uh so uh, and he's very he comes off very loyal too and And vice versa vice versa vince
0: is very loyal to him too there's a scene in this where they interview vince you know for the the documentary he's sitting there and they say tell us what does mark or what does undertaker mean to you and he sits there and his eyes start tearing up and then he swallows and he tries to compose himself and he's going to start talking, and then it's more tears, and then he's just like, nope, walks off, yeah. doesn't do it. Which is yeah. funny
2: because he's got the, like, the exact opposite reaction when asked about his son Shane. <laughs> 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 he's just like, oh, why did he jump off this week? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's uh, it's a good wow. series so far, but definitely if you get a chance, check out The Fush 2, and I think the side, the third one comes out today as of this recording.
1: Yeah. Excellent. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the, the life and times of Vince Ballard.
0: Yes, yeah. the life and times yeah. of a wrestler, a, a real-life do we have?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Get your
0: life story. Oh,
1: jeez. Uh, so, Vince, I mean, I've known you a long time, a uh, very long time. And I'll, I'll tell everybody on the recording, when I first met you, I hated your guts. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> we, wondered, we established this. Uh, when I first met Vince, all right, he was this little juvenile delinquent. All right, weren't we all? He got a He got a cell phone, and that was it. He got his first cell phone, and he'd make prank calls. <laughs> he'd order pizzas. He'd send them random places. He would pick random. <laughs> Don't fights. give me your address. Don't uh, no, no addresses. Uh, <laughs> he picked fights with people at Walmart, and and I, like you, maybe me up at Walmart, we'll fight you this or that. <laughs> <laughs> We go to we'd go to McDonald. No, he called McDonald's and he asked for a, about a McPenis fillet. And <laughs> I was just a boy. What do you want? You still do that to this day, man. Uh, yeah. But so, so a little little embarrassment to set him up. But um, so it took me a long t- long time to get accustomed to event. But eventually, uh, never
3: order pizza to your house.
1: No, you <laughs> would have enjoyed it anyway.
2: <laughs> oh, right. Isn't that like the gra- Isn't that like the greatest prank? Like all of a sudden you got pizza. Like thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. prick me like at any day of the week it, it was always
3: taxis that i would do and i would i would tell the taxi company like i'm a little hard of hearing so if, if i don't hear it can you lay on the horn or come to the door <laughs> <laughs> delinquent that's uh, amazing but, but eventually i did warm up
1: to vince and we started off we started we had this backyard wrestling thing uh we we used to do it on trampoline and i won't discuss his his in-ring name at that time but uh i mean that that's kind of where mine and vince's history goes but i mean for, like you vince like when when for you did you what like okay i want to start actually doing pro wrestling like i want to tr- give this a run
3: when did that first click or what made that click for you i think it was like around that time we we had gotten really close to over the backyard wrestling stuff like we wrestled on the trampoline and then that that's when we started to take it a little more seriously it's like okay this is fun but let's take it a step further and i think it was a girl we were dating at the time she had sort of <laughs> uh, she was probably sleeping with one of the boys let's let's be honest <laughs> she had some sort of connection to where she knew about a place to train so it was you and i and about eight or 10 others we would cram on and your little Nissan Altima at the time and it was so bad. we're sleeping in the trunk on the on the way up to the the school but we we found the of the dojo in Rochester
2: how um, old are you guys
3: I
1: was
2: nineteen,
1: so you're. you're
3: I was seventeen, just turning eighteen. So I didn't realize you had to be eighteen at the time. I had no idea. So like a week before I turned eighteen, I was starting training. But uh, you went a a step further with that. You moved out to Rochester. You spent your time out there. Um, It didn't last long for me there. I I wanted to. If I was going to do this, I wanted to do it right. And I had so much on my plate at the time. I was working full time. I was in a relationship. I was doing school. I wanted to to make wrestling my focus because it's what I loved for for a very long time. So I wanted to do it right, and that's where I found somewhere closer to home in uh, the Neo Wrestling Dojo that was in Niagara Falls, Ontario. So I crossed the border about three or four times a week and, and trained there. Uh, my head trainer was Tiberius King, JT Playa, whatever anybody knows him as, and he's someone I, I owe everything to. Like I wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for him and like it was great there too because like it wasn't just him training we had a lot of drop eyes from a yeah, lot of a the, lot of good
1: names yeah came a by. lot
3: of the best wrestlers of canada who've gone on to reach great success we had we had sean spears coming up regularly we had uh we were able to sit in locker room and, li- and listen and learn and watch from guys like tyson dukes or cody Deaner or jake o'reilly like and around that time those guys were like they were the the elite t- talent in canada so it was great to be able to to, to learn from those guys and like i'm very appreciative i'm grateful of like. The opportunities i've had because of neo-wrestling like i owe everything to, to jesse for training me to who i am
0: so you're saying you were into i mean this was something you've loved for a while how far back do you go does wrestling come into your life when do you remember your first experiences with wrestling
3: I mean, anybody that's asked this, they always have the, the cliche answer. Oh, I crawled up to the TV and I saw Hulk Hogan slam onto the giant. There <laughs> I was hooked, brother. It's like, come on. Like, I, I feel like everybody answers that way because I feel like that's how they're supposed to answer. But that's not the same story for everybody. Yeah. Um, for me, it was my mother. Like, my, my mother's responsible for getting me into wrestling and she doesn't even know it because she brought me and my sister to this daycare and the kids there loved it. That's what they did. They they had all the the video games, all the action. I was gonna scares, say the baby Re- baby pro wrestling club, at the daycare I was like six or five. <laughs> like a little at the time, fight club, a
1: like,
3: backyard. <laughs> yeah, so that's what it turned out to be. We would go down to the basement, and we'd wrestle with each other, and like I got put in a timeout there, and like when it was time to go home, they had to explain that to my mom. Like yeah, you, you had to go in timeout today because downstairs wrestling, I, I, I get trouble when I get home, and but like. My mother wanted to fight it, but she couldn't because like anytime I would get birthday money or gift cards or anything, I wanted to to spend it on wrestling toys, wrestling video games, anything. So she saw what this, how much I love this and how passionate I was about it. And then I didn't really get into watching it until like my mother's always been very supportive of me. She's always bragged about her son's a wrestler. So she would go to work and talk about this stuff like, yeah, Vince is into wrestling now. And like there's a guy there that was really into it. So he would order every one of the pay-per-views and he would recorded it on the VHS tape at the time and he'd bring it to work the next day so that's that, that's how I got my fix of being able to watch it. Like, that's awesome. So I wasn't like like everybody was, What year was that around? Oh, probably around like 97 98. I was in, I was 90s baby so I grew up like in yeah. the age era. Yeah. Although I wasn't allowed to watch it every week on TV, I was able to like watch the pay-per-views and watch, and play the video games and like that's that's where my love for wrestling really grew. Nice. Um but, like, everybody has, like, the, their favorites that they talk about at the time. And, like, it's a very cliche answer. Like, everybody says, oh, Hulk Hogan, you hooked brother. Oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, like but, like, what memories do they really have of that? They, they always give the same answer. of Like, yeah stunned Vince McMahon or he slammed onto the Giant. For me, it was a little different. Like, it wasn't any certain match that dragged me. And it was – I was drawn to The Rock for whatever reason. And, like, I understand, like, everybody loves The Rock. He was on top at that time. But it was – for whatever reason I found him so entertaining it was it was a promo that he cut on on Billy Gunn where, where Billy Gunn was praying to God at the time and uh he was praying to God he was like God comes on and says Bob no my name's Billy it doesn't matter what your name is like <laughs> stuff like that it was, it was so entertaining to me I was like I love the rock like this is cool like and like like i love the rock we talk about the undertaker like I, as a kid i i believed i was afraid of the undertaker i was afraid oh, yeah. of Kane. like oh yeah and that's what made you believe it, and that's what that's what made undertaker so successful is like he wanted people to be afraid of him and damn sure i was afraid of him
0: like, yeah for sure But
3: like as like as i grew older i like i always loved the rock but like i was able to appreciate like other wrestlers as i'm able to grow up more like Did- appreciate like sometimes you'd be able to appreciate them when it's too late, like after they retire or after they mm-hmm. pass, but like it's.
2: Now, uh, Vince, now I've, me and you've known each other. We go back about 30 <laughs> minutes ago. About 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, so I feel like I know you very well. Uh I think this kind of goes out to all, all to everybody here, really. Do you remember the time? Cause I remember this definitely. Cause I grew up a wrestling fan too, but I, I remember when I found out that it was, you know that it wasn't it wasn't kayfabe you know i found out that fake i'm not so we're saying I it's, fake. Re- it's real saying to it's me fake. it's real to me damn it <laughs> <laughs> i refuse to say that f-word that four little <laughs> f word will never come out of my mouth describing wrestling uh, but i re- like i remember uh when i discovered that and it for whatever reason actually made me love it more uh so i was just wondering if you guys remember that and how it kind of affected you especially uh, Matt and Vince because you guys actually got into the business
3: um it's like I never wanted to believe it like I always heard that when I was growing up oh you watch that fake stuff they're, they're all play fighting like I just never wanted to believe it because I, I believed in it so much because what I saw on TV they made me believe and I think that's what's lost now today everything gets so torn down that they don't make you believe in what they're doing like you'll see guys having a match and then in the locker room after they take a pictures together you see them doing shots at the bar together like uh, that's and that's what draws me so much to guys like the undertaker is because he makes you believe like and like that's such a lost art now but like growing up all that time i heard like it, it's fake you really want to do that fake stuff you really love that fake stuff it's like it's not fake to me like maybe it's like it's an, it's an art form it's entertainment like anything else it, like i, I understand this gets thrown a lot too all movies aren't fake movies are fake like it's wrestling's along those same lines like it's done safely it's not done to, to kill each other obviously but like that's where the, the, the fake uh the fake rumor comes in. It's like everybody thinks because they're not actually killing each other that it's gotta be fake. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. I I remember a little bit when I when I finally like
1: realized it. Like my dad like my dad was really good about letting me believe it for as long, long as I could. And then it came a point in time where I was just like, How is this that dude just got thrown off like a building the other night? <laughs> And he's walking around now. He's okay. He's competing.
3: What's going on? The Mysterio got thrown off the roof and he wrestled the next Yeah, time. I know. And he lost yeah. tonight. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but but that was he took the old mean, that's big a very show. good question. He took the old big I think show. It was and a, now he's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think it was probably around like I was a late bloomer, like I was with realizing a lot of things were the way that they were. It was probably about like 03. It was probably, probably about 2003. Once I started reading again, all right? figure books encouraging reading then I start reading books like Kurt Angle's book and Triple H's book and Ric Flair's book and I'm just like damn I shouldn't have read that you know <laughs> just, <laughs> those are the only books I'll read those are I mean they're great books I reread them all the time too uh but that's I mean that's kind of when I realized it you know and and I'm not gonna say it was like okay I can do this with these guys but uh it did make me appreciate the art form a little bit more it's like because now when, when you hear that it's like well how did they do that What's the secret? It's like, uh, it's like when people watch magic. Yes. Not Magic the Gathering, but actually like magic. Like, how did that performer do that? And a good magician never reveals the secrets. The only way you can find out is if you get it in the business. And that's kind of what what you know me and Vince did of it. You know, eventually. Yeah. So and
3: that's what opens you up more to it. Like the, everybody calls it fake, but what to you is fake about it? Like in the ring, because the more like you mentioned reading books and we watch these documentaries, everything's real. Mm-hmm. The injuries, like I have. a a metal plate in my wrist from this like the the time spent away from my family like having to juggle a job because you can't work saturdays like Mm -hmm. all that stuff is real like having to like just the the hours spent on the road like missing out on family parties funerals like uh, weddings everything like that's not fake at all like nothing Mm -hmm. that we put into this is fake like the money lost the money spent to invest in yourself in order to become better like is that is that fake to you like
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, watch Mick Foley like throw his body around and tell him it's fake and watch how he had to walk, like how he walked afterwards. Yeah, but no tell kidding. him that it's fake. Like, I'm not it's, one of those
3: wrestlers that gets triggered by it. Like, oh, I know everybody thinks it's fake. I'm not the one of the ones that's going to like defend it like, oh, no, no you're wrong. Like, uh, I'm you're not, not going to get all upset about it. Gonna, like, you're not going slap reporters. Reporters <laughs> to slap in up to you and yeah. <laughs>
2: You're not going to pull a hug. I and always and, think
3: like, oh, I saw a documentary once. I read in the news once. Wrestling's fake. You really like that stuff? It's, come on. I enjoy it. I love it. Everybody, everybody's passionate about something like don't crap on me for it
0: so was this one of the was this one of these things that from as a kid being in love with it already like you wanted to do it you knew you wanted to do it or how what how old were you when you're like i actually i want to do this i want to try this
3: i think it was like i always loved it like i mean i hate to say that kind of stuff but like growing up i I did love it like i never really thought to myself like i want to do that but even like, like my mom threw this back in my face. She's like, "I found this this note that you wrote in kindergarten. Like they asked you like what you want to do when you grow up, and I said, I wrote in that, that I had no recollection of this. I wrote and I wanted to go to the w, WWF. I was like, hey. Wow! Like I really said this. I really wanted to do this as a kid. And uh, I, I don't know. It wasn't until I became of age and like I really like formed this friendship with Matt Moore. And we like we like you said we backyard wrestle, but we talked more about that. Like, what if we actually did this? Like and that that's where we found the the school in Rochester, and that's where things sort of took off. But it wasn't until I became of, of age, and like it was around that time, I was close to graduating high school. Like there, like there was that one match like that really made me feel like okay, this this is awesome. I want to do that. Like, and it was Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25, and like that match to me was one of the greatest of all, all time, if not the. But then I saw that, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then I started to follow it a little more. Started to to research how to do this. And then they did it again the following year, WrestleMania 26. And that was like, okay, this is what we're doing now. Like, I, I need to, to pursue this. Like, like the yeah. reaction and the emotion put into those two matches, like, I want to feel that. I want to, like, I've been passionate about this my whole life. I want to go further with this. And that's we
1: watched We I think we watched 26, 26 at your house. Sport, yeah. yeah, you mean uh, our friend Billy. Yeah. Uh, we watched it at his
3: place. I, I, I do remember that. It was pretty spectacular. And, like, that was, like, perfect timing. It was, like, I saw those two matches, and it was around that age, but that became, like, like okay like i'm graduating high school soon i need to plan after this i didn't want to like, i went to college for a bit i didn't want to that wasn't my passion like yeah my passion was wrestling so i did school to the side and thought like this is this is my career path this is what i want to do 10 years later here we are so now did
0: you did you play did you play football or did you wrestle in high school or anything like that
3: i didn't wrestle in high school uh matt did all, all my friends did i was friends with a lot of the wrestlers but like I like to eat like I couldn't like (laughs) sometimes they would come to lunch and they'd have a bottle of water for lunch I gotta make weights I was like I don't want to do that I want to eat my my pizza I want to enjoy like what I'm eating like I don't oh. miss that, and that's why I look the way that I do right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you just wanted to order something. So yeah. when you
0: when you go and you start training for the first time, right? So if you're not used to something like that as a football player or a wrestler, because a lot of times you'll see these guys go into wrestling, right? And because they're, they're they're already physical, they already have kind of an understanding of what they're getting themselves into. What's that like, dude? What's that like after your first training or your first couple? Are you just kind of like, what the hell did I do we to myself? S-
1: we were scared. <laughs> yeah, we're frightened. <laughs> we were a little frightened because the first—I mean, I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, I mean, me and him had the very the same first day, same first day. Because uh, you drove, up. didn't your car like shut down? We ran through a puddle and it shut down in the middle of Rochester. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I hated that drive but so much. The first day was all bumps, yeah. like learning how to fall properly, and
3: you have to do don't, it like times before you get it right. They, they like you can't move on until you get that part, right. That's the most important part of wrestling is protecting yourself and Mm -hmm. safety. They want to make sure you're bumping safely and running the rope safely and doing all this stuff safely because these guys training you, they're like down the line, you're going to have to wrestle one of them and they're putting their livelihood in your hands. They want to make sure that who they're training is, is safe and enough to be able to do this. Yeah. But like playing those sports growing up, like I I played football. So like it teaches you to have discipline and like Mm -hmm. to be able to handle this kind of stuff. Um, but we we trained in Rochester and then like I went on to my training in Canada, like so I already had a, a a bit of an understanding of how this is done. But like it's different than watching on TV and actually being in a ring and doing it. Like I remember we we our first day up there we di- we didn't think it was actually happening. Like it was like we thought it was canceled because we didn't see anybody there. Yeah, yeah we that's right. We almost building, went home. Like there was like this it was like a, a smaller building inside this this giant building and uh, it was like an office space like we didn't see anybody we were about to turn around and go home and then like we're we're walking around asking like hey is there wrestling tonight is there wrestling tonight like yeah they should be started by now but we didn't see anybody so we're about to just pack it up and go home and it wasn't until we were hanging around the side of the building we saw uh it was ben golden he drove past in his car that's right so we followed him to where he was going and then that's where we saw the wrestlers and we got in the ring and we did this and that but uh yeah it's it's tough to really get over those first couple days or weeks like now it becomes second nature to where, like, you bump off something, it doesn't hurt as bad because your body's so conditioned to that. But those yeah. first couple of days, those first couple of weeks, like, you're really hurting. Like, yeah, not, you're like,
2: probably like one giant callus now, aren't you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Even like like running the ropes,
1: it was weird because, like, the first couple of days, like, you did it, it hurt, yeah, really bad. Like, you'd go home and you'd leave like, you'd have like rope burn on your back, like, you'd see where the ropes were hitting you. But after a while, it just became like a cuss, you just became used to it. Same with bumping. If I went like bumping became normal. like I didn't feel anything like when I get hit, taking a fall in wrestling. But if I went and bumped now, I'd shit my pants. OK, <laughs> that's how it would be. I would crap my pants and crap all over the ring. Nice. That's exactly what would happen. That's that's just. Yeah, it, it, that, that was probably. It's kind of like the last real. time you were in a ring, huh? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs>
0: You he took that was
1: quite a bump. Oh yeah. That was quite a bump. It, that's, yeah. how, that's how bad it was. He can't remember.
2: remember. He's like Taker with I that with that concussion, dude. Concussions. Concu- yeah. <laughs> well, that's a that's oh. a great that's a great question though to bring up for Vince. Uh and obviously you kinda of already alluded to some of the injuries you've had while doing wrestling. Uh, but uh, have you also had any concussions or anything like that? Because I know that's definitely a big part of it. I, wrestling now, I think, is doing a lot better when it comes to wrestler safety, uh, for I'm sure. But the, now, yeah. yeah.
3: But that doesn't mean um, you're,
2: you know, going to be a, you know, people can get concussions from any sport. So
3: yeah, I mean, accidents happen. I've I've had concussions in football. I've had concussions in wrestling. Like. I mean, there's no way around that. Like starting out, like until you're able to to do this safely to where you're not going to hurt yourself or others, like injuries are going to happen. And even after you've completed your training and go on the road and stuff like injuries can happen at any time. I I don't Mm -hmm. think like anybody realizes like it, it can happen like in like near and far, like I've been on the been on shows like four or five hours away where somebody in the car gets hurt and like everybody's in a panic and like we all have to like rush to the hospital or try to drive home and like it's it's tough. It's, it's scary. Like I, like th- I talked about my broken wrist. I had the metal plate in there. Like I could have died and I don't, I didn't realize it until like a couple years later, like how it happened. I was thrown over the top rope out of the ring and we didn't have mats on the floor for protection. Cause where was this at? It was in, it was in Canada at training. Like, and you're not like, oh. you're not required to have mats on the floor in, in Canada. So it was just concrete floor. Um, my arm, my other arm became hooked on the, the ropes. And I threw out my other wrist to try and stop the fall. had I not d- done that, like my face, my neck it would have came straight down the concrete floor from the from the drop to the ring, like I wouldn't be here right now, and I'm very grateful for that. Wow.
2: I always so am it's amazed- like either a broken
3: wrist or you die, like yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: I'm always amazed by how wrestlers are able to take well not just regular bumps, but that particularly the bump where you're going over the ring over the ropes. Uh, Cause I mean, that's, yeah. that's way farther. I mean, I know there's mats at a lot of places now, but it's not like that yeah. you know, completely. Well, perfect. it
1: also depends on where you go to, because the rules are different everywhere. There's uh, was it Pennsylvania? You're allowed to put like, people can be right alongside yeah. of the ring. Like people can be sitting down. Like it just completely surround the ring. No, no guardrails, no separation on the floor. It's it's a little crazy. There's it's like just, rules are different everywhere. That all
3: depends on where, where you go because you wrestle around here. That those are requirements: the guardrails, the mats on the floor everywhere. But you'll you go into a random place in in Tennessee and like there's nothing. There's there's no no protection. There's a a, a beat down ring and that's it. That's all your your protection is. Yeah.
0: What was your so first match? The first
3: things I noticed.
0: What was the first matches like for you? Were you were you in these little the dingy places or were you in in decent little 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 spots? Like little fire halls, or um, what were you? What were your first matches? Do you remember? Is is wrestling like that? Does every wrestler remember their first match?
3: I do. Um, my first matches were were great. Um, at, not great quality wise because I was still new, but like I was very pampered with where we were, were trained. Like we had a very, like a very comfortable ring, a very comfortable like they they, they cared about us there, they protected us. I mean, it's tough to say that because I just talked about how I broke my wrist at that at that place, but like it was like. They treated it well. They treated it a professional, and that's where like things come into play. Where who treats a professional and who doesn't? Like, cause you'll you go to a place where like they have a professional setup in order to to protect their performers and also give the fans a good experience. And then you'll go to to random town A or B, and they they have nothing. They it's just a ring and a, a blue tarp for an entrance, and that's it. Like, I've wrestled in a, a sold out Johnsburg Fire Hall. I've wrestled in the Keenan Center. I've uh. I've wrestled in great places and then i've wrestled in you know outdoors in michigan where fans are drinking beer out of milk jugs really
2: (laughs) that's that's how i've always that's a different story
3: for a different time but yeah like I've, i've had those bad experiences i've wrestled in a farmer's market in the middle of tennessee like i've wrestled in some really beat down buildings um so like having those bad experiences makes you more appreciative of the good ones like that's why I'm so appreciative and grateful for what we have here in Empire State Wrestling because yeah. this is a place that is head and shoulders above the rest in the area, and they take it seriously to protect the performers, to give their fans a good experience, and to grow to be as great as they can be.
2: Who who has been some of your favorite opponents to actually wrestle in the ring? Oh,
3: um, it, it's. It's different because like I, I base my, the quality of my matches off of like either my history or bomb with them or the chemistry that we have in the ring. Like I've had, uh, like the story wise, the story that Matt and I told in, in our, we had a feud in 2016 for ESW, like that gave you closure on your career. That gave me the boost I needed to, to go to the next level. I feel like we told a great story with that because of our friendship over that time. Yeah. Um, so, Matt was one of my favorite opponents. Um, I've had, I, I did a year long program in Erie, Pennsylvania with big time Bill Collier, who is nice. very close to me. He's my brother in law. He's one of my best friends. Criminally, criminally underrated. Dude, like, this, this dude should have been signed years ago.
1: Johnny, if you've uh, not Johnny, ever I, seen I him, yeah, go watch yeah. it.
0: Go check some of his stuff out on YouTube. You're talking about a big man that can move. He's a big yeah, man just that whatever, can move.
1: Yeah, Just whatever you do. Well, actually, he, he makes it good with everybody, but. Uh, him and primal warpath go watch those matches those are top tier (laughs) matches
3: don't do that (laughs) (laughs) um but but no um bill's somebody that i've always looked up to and respected and it started with like um like i was turning heel at the time at erie pennsylvania he was on top he was their guy he was their john cena he was their hero um but He noted, like they asked him, like, "What do you want to do next?" I want to. I'd like to work with Vince a bit. He catapulted me to the next level, to where, like, to this day, like, they, that was one of my favorite things I've ever done in wrestling. It was December of 2016. He was having a heavyweight championship with Omega Aaron Draven, and like, the crowd was on their feet. They had him hot the entire match. I'm standing from, like, for the last couple shows. He wanted to build this to where I'm watching his matches from the merch table, to where, like. It's sort of inconspicuous to where once this thing starts they're not going to see it coming so he's about to win it he uh hits his finisher and i hop over the guardrail grab a light tube from out underneath the ring smash it over his back and that's that's eerie pennsylvania's last image of professional wrestling for the year like me standing tall over him with his blood all over the canvas like that was what they got nice and like what we did was like this is something I was so high on in wrestling is telling a story and making people believe like I love wrestling in Pennsylvania because they they believe they believe that this is real they'll hang on anything you do and like that was around the time where we started to feel like okay they're they're not believing as much let's give them something to bite into so we carried that feud on for damn near an entire year and there was like it wasn't like just match, 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 match. We told a damn good story. There was months where we were like, did you guys do a cage too? It concluded with the cage match too. Yeah. Like it was the, like I could talk talk for hours about the, the stuff I've had with Bill, but it's like we went months where we didn't, like we didn't touch. That was the big story. It was like, like waiting for him to finally get his hands on me, get his revenge for, for me smashing his light to him over the back and costing him his championship but then we started getting these matches and like we had, we had a, a rat cage match to where my, I had, they brought in a manager for me at the time. They locked him in a rat cage so he can get involved. <laughs> we had uh, a fans bring the weapons match. It was back and forth, uh, with the feud. And then it culminated in the cage match. It was my first cage match at the time. And like, I'm very grateful for the stuff that I have with bill, like to where like, a couple of years pass and we're wrestling again. I I look at him, I was like, you know, we never really wrestled. Anything we've done has been weapons and, and all this (laughs) this nonsense, like uh, trying to kill each other. But like, I feel like, like that was one of those big feuds that really took me to, he taught me how to tell a good story. Bill's one of my biggest influences in wrestling. Like, Like, I said, he's my brother. He's one of my best friends and like, he and I could talk wrestling for hours. And like, that's, that's one of my most fondest memories in wrestling is the stuff that Bill and I did in Erie. But, like, like the stuff with Matt, the stuff with Bill, like, that. those are stories. Those are my history. Those are, like, stuff that I look back on finally. But, like, there's guys also, too, that I'm able to have, like, good in-ring chemistry with to where, like, I can see my name on a card next to them and know that we're going to have a great match. We're going to tear it down because, like, like that. that's the chemistry we built together. Like, Brandon Thurston is one of those guys. He and I have done a series of matches in the South Towns for Southern Tier Wrestling and like those matches i'm very appreciative of Brandon has always pushed me to that next level to push me past my own limits to where i didn't feel like i was going to be able to get through those matches we've gone 35 45 minutes with the matches and like it's told a good story of the good versus evil like we, we like those matches are something i always look fond on um another one is cloudy i love cloudy you have nothing but great things to say about him he's someone that's very undervalued very underrated in sorry he's he's done some great things and we're very blessed to have him here at esw like th- that's someone i'll wrestle on any day of the week I, i've always enjoyed we've done singles matches tag yeah, matches Cloudy's wonderful he's, 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 I, he's such a gem he's yeah he's easy to work with He, he like you can have a great match then he's he's someone i'll wrestle any day of the week yeah but those are the kind of guys that i feel like i've had great matches great moments
2: great stories with in my time wrestling nice uh, real quick uh before we kind of get to talk about the guys on your shirt uh what was maybe the strangest and oddest thing that's ever happened to you in wrestling or because of wrestling <laughs> um, you got any well, weird like fan interactions or anything like that
3: you want me to open my inbox here because i got <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey i sent those anonymous. Fans are weird
3: fans are a little different yeah it's uh i've had some weird interactions it's always weird it it
1: just seems normal after like at a certain point because
3: you get used to it it's like okay i'm wrestling this is the kind of stuff i open myself up i used to get friend requests
1: from like fans like personal friend requests they used to be on my timeline and just stalking me one guy offered to live with me when i had a bunch of roommates move out like you'd be surprised how how strange i mean johnny i know you're a big star with retro bliss and all that you might get some stuff like that but uh Pro Wrestle Man. It's it's no, nobody <laughs> wants to be around
2: me. <laughs> I once had I've never had a single person said so they want to uh, be around me in any sort of way.
3: I once had a, a fan message me from, from Utah. He's a sixty or one year old man named Wayne, and he wanted me to send me oh, p- photos man. of myself in a speedo.
4: He wanted <laughs> to have a
3: private match with me. What? Which- but since that day, I've gotten messages like that. These some of these fans are really out there. Some of these fans are the most loyal and great people you ever meet. Yeah. And you encounter some real weirdos. Like some yeah. of them, like I get the ones like and they get blocked. That, that's that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I you get ones to. that'll yeah. like, send me messages, send me friend requests, and then uh, they'll, they'll delete it and send another one, thinking that I like oh maybe he'll accept it this time. It's like no, like I I, I try to keep a distance from you. Like I understand they pay their hard earned money to to to. To see these wrestlers and be around these people, but they need to understand: shoot, when when the show ends, we go back to our normal lives. Yeah,
0: exactly. And you're not but trying to have like them too, follow they, they, you they to get your a, normal life.
3: Yeah, I'm all about talking with fans on social media and that stuff, but some of them need to know like when it's appropriate and when it's not. Like yeah, three a.m. Boundaries. in the middle of the night, like that's that. Like, come on, like I'm I'm just, I'm getting up for work at that time. I really don't want to to see pictures of you or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So I've had weird interactions with fans. I've also had weird interactions in the ring, like crazy interactions. I once had a plastic bag tied around my face in the middle of the wrestling ring. I didn't think I was gonna lot live,
0: live after that. What? Um from a fan. Yeah.
3: No, from a wrestler.
0: Oh, from <laughs> that was a, a <laughs> bag over the head. The For f- a <laughs> second I was like, it's a
3: great time. Uh, I'm still <laughs> from breathing. <a> fan? Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wouldn't surprise me if a fan tried that stuff. Um you know, is that is actually at that show too. Uh where we, there was that fan that had the stuffed animals and she would like play with them. Like they were their kids. Like they were like watching the Yo, show. Tron- like. T- Toronto,
1: weird, weird place. <laughs> like, real strange. Like, like, I mean, I should have known when, when, you know, Rob Ford was her governor and he was doing lines of Coke and stuff that all their pop their, their population, we just, just shot. But, um, no, I mean, I guess cause we're, we're changing, we're going to change up the format a little bit. I guess we can, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind sharing some like stories and stuff. Where, you know, from my and Vince's experiences, me and Vince have been on the road. Like we're on the road all all the time. Uh, we were a tag team very briefly. Don't look us up. No, don't look us <laughs> up. The top Guns. We were the Top Guns because when we first came nice. into uh, when we first came into training, uh, our nicknames were Maverick and he was Goose. Even though he never he never rode out with the goose name he went with hated invincible it. hated it so much it was bad but
3: when we started training they they they, they wouldn't call anybody by the real names they gave everybody nicknames they what we had we had grimace we had Re, rerun creamsicles was... h and r puff and stuff yeah. that was one of the other ones we had always these silly nicknames and we everybody had a kid named, funyuns. <laughs> <kid>
1: named funyuns <laughs> it was it was pretty wild but uh yeah we had a lot of that that's almost like the best part of being like a pro wrestler is like for us, like how crazy our, our personal lives are. Like me and Vince are always going to be like this. But with how crazy our personal lives were, um, the road trips are like the best part of it. Me and Vince spent a lot of time on the road uh, pranking people. We shoved a donut. One of our friends is uh, – was it – I did it, right? Was it Isha's car? Yeah, it was Isha's, Isha's car. car. Our friend Isha's car. I shoved a donut in his gas tank. Oh, uh, God. and He drove. He drove the entire way home with it.
0: Oh. Uh
3: God. There's a lot of people that uh, like I, those are the memories I look fo- look back on finally the most is like the the road trip memories the the time that you spend outside of the ring like I talked about the the, the great matches the moments inside the ring and the stories you've been able to tell but there's plenty of stories like on the road at at the after parties or just just hanging with the, with that the boys that like nobody the camaraderie knows about is about like, and they yeah, never will these are stories yeah. that we can never tell but like there's. <laughs> Those are the the memories that I'm always gonna I'm always gonna love like being on the road with you guys like Rex or Lakeem Lakeem always sleeping or Lake- yeah we have we have this friend named Lakeem uh, Chris you've been to a few ESW shows Roscoe yeah. Black
1: okay yeah um, yeah huge huge scary dude yeah which big is time. so funny so peaceful uh, always something with food with him there was time uh, we were across we were <laughs> the
3: border to go to Toronto <laughs> and. Well, <laughs> You're, you're not gonna get through this one, are you? I might not. We get pulled over to go inside, and <laughs> at the border patrol, and he uh, reaches over to the counter and starts using the the security guard's cocoa butter. <laughs> the, the, the border, oh. the border patrol's cocoa oh, butter, <laughs> without asking. He's like, "I'm just gonna go ahead and use this here."
0: Oh, um, you don't mess with border and then patrol, man. We got across. And we we're
3: like, <laughs> yeah. He didn't
1: care. No. We got pulled over because we didn't. <laughs> we lied about our trainer.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then we decided. Like, <laughs> we're not gonna drop names here. no we're not no no. we no. decided we got over canada we're like no let's we don't want to go to the show so we we go to a canadian walmart get a bunch of snacks and we go back to ish jones house and he makes up the uh fried chicken for lunch and we played we w- played we 14 or something like that yeah we did the king of ring tournament i think it was virgil
1: we we had been through so much so much on that road trip and it was just literally going over the
3: border to canada like, those are some of the most fun road trips i've had like someone else I, I always love traveling with is super beast. Like he um, he's such a gem of a human being, such of a gem of a wrestler, like one of the most undervalued minds in this business. He's one of my best friends. I'm like being on the road with him as often as I have, it's never a dull time. Like it's 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 he's, very entertaining. He's yeah. he's he's amazing. There
1: was there was one time I was driving with him and uh Oh god We run through way on the ninety, coming I think we were coming back home from Albany. And he pulls over into a rest stop, a very well populated rest stop. It's like one, two o'clock in the morning. And we're all pumped up because this coming back from the show, this is a show that I think, no, Terry Funk was not on the show, but we all talked about Terry Funk. And everybody loves the the famous Terry Funk, you know, promo after he won and yelling forever, forever. So he's driving around this parking lot full of tourists from all over the world, driving in cars and just yelling forever. He's just <laughs> circling the party <parking laughs> <line>. forever. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, but that's, that, that's the kind of, that's the kind of guys you want to be around though. The, the, the fun ones, there's, there's people who take themselves way too seriously mm-hmm. and it's like, it's a miserable to be like, life's hard enough, man. Uh, and you get to be around people like that. Uh, you know, people we've been on the road with and, uh, they really make it, and, and and luckily for me, like even though I'm not really involved with pro wrestling anymore, not as much as I used to be, I'm still so tight with those guys, yeah. and that's I think that's the best part in all of this. That's like legit, that like lifelong, lifelong friendships. You
3: make these lifelong friends. Like my friends outside of wrestling, I I can't. Like, I'll see them maybe like weddings, funerals. That's it. I don't mm-hmm. see them very often, and that sucks because those are the people that I grew up with. But like once you get into wrestling, like this is your these are your friends. This is your family. Now these are the people. That you're going to see every weekend so you better get used to them or just get out yeah
0: yeah i think that's yeah. always been what it's always been the allure for me because like i've always loved wrestling grew up with it but for me i always felt that that was the the attraction was the was the camaraderie was the and and you hear about the road trips those kinds of things and it's always like I mean, because I love road trips anyway. So anytime I get a chance to get on the road, it's you already know you're going to have a good time if the person riding with you, is, you know, is going to have a good time as well. Um, yeah. So so when you're traveling around and you're doing these things, you're you're hitting shows, right? So when you do shows, uh, a lot of independent shows bring in old school legends, uh, up and coming, you know, the hottest up and coming indie guys. So for you, uh, Vince, like, who are some of the most memorable guys that you've worked with? uh that were you know maybe some of the older legends that you were just like man this was this guy was great i I enjoyed working with him
3: oh boy um that that really comes back to to empire state wrestling for me like the promoter brett brett mendick he's always taken such good care of me he's provided me with such great opportunities i'm like i wouldn't be who i am right now if it weren't for brett and every uh, providing me with the platform to do what i love and like be successful with it so like he's he's always had faith in me and believed in me enough to be able to have these matches with these kind of people so you've got a few good really good ones yeah so. like even you and I we had that six man tag it was hornswoggle hornswoggle we teamed with hornswoggle it was like it was a six man tag it was <laughs> myself matt and hornswoggle against uh, the patron saints of professional wrestling it was it was on my birthday actually to wear matt- right. Matt turned on me. That was in the middle of our feud. There, yeah, you pushed me. <laughs> <laughs> but guys like that, he he was fun to work with. Um, a year later, I had the opportunity to team with uh with MVP at ESW in, in Niagara Falls. So like that was a huge moment for me. Like this is somebody that I looked up to, grew up watching on TV. Is like, wow, I'm sure in the ring with this guy right now. I'm I'm teaming with him. This this is awesome. And he was he encountered these kind of legends, and some of them are like they, they keep the distance, they just want to be themselves and get their money and move on. But like that's like MP who's one of the boys he wanted to be there he wanted to do stuff he wanted to to make sure that he could put on the best show he could for the audience that paid to see him um and then there was I think it was this past year in Salamanca like and those are some of the most fun shows because of the environment because of the fans that believe and the fans that like some of those towns they don't get wrestling very often so when it when it comes to town it's a big deal for them we, we make that stop in Salamanca New York every year and mm-hmm. like it's a big deal. They're very grateful of it. The, those fans are amazing. And I like, it's such a fun time. It's like, not that we don't treat it with professionalism, but it's a chance for the boys to, to let loose and lay back to a little bit, like not th- like we're putting on bad match, but we're able to have a little fun. Like the production guy, Jonathan Ash, he'll rib us with like, with an old legends theme or like screw with our music or stuff like that. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's a fun time. But this past year I was able to team with, uh with Nunzio there against killer instinct and, he was fun. He was a good time. Um, I was looking forward to that one. But, like, we get there and it's freezing and it's raining. And uh, he's like, you know what? Let's put some match together. Let's go sit in the car with the heat on and do it. Like, well, everybody else is outside freezing outside the trailer. Like, <laughs> let's go sit in the car and call the match. And it was a fun time. It was cool to be around. Um, but, like I said, those matches wouldn't be possible. Those moments wouldn't be possible if it weren't for Brett believing in me and giving me the opportunity to perform for ESW. Like, ESW is my home. It's always going to be my home. It's something that, like, I I always look forward to it's something I like I've had my best memories at. So like, yeah. So we're
1: about to close up here. We're about to finish up here. We've been going, going strong, going strong. Uh, Now for you, Vince, as a professional, is there anybody currently out there in the world of pro wrestling, whether it's WWE, AEW, somebody local, somebody major independent, Ring of Honor, anything like that. Is there one person, and it can only be one, uh, person that you want to have the opportunity to wrestle before you hang it
3: up? Oh, boy. Um, this thing, like, I, any, anything I... It's I'd, tough. It's tough. Like, I... I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. So I like WWE for any wrestling is always the goal, but it doesn't happen for everybody. Like I just recently, I had the opportunity to do extra work and be backstage for WWE. You had that opportunity. It was a learning experience. I did, yeah. But more so, it was a learning experience, and it's also something you could check off the bucket list because if if this never happens, I can at least say I did that. Mm-hmm. I was back there, like, and that comes full circle for me because as I was a kid, my dad would take me to the, those shows at the HSBC Arena. And to be able to, to sit backstage at one of the shows and, and learn and, and be a part of it, like, that was cool for me. It's like, wow, like, this is finally happening. I used to come to these shows when I was a kid, and now I'm here. Stuff like that. And like, like the guys I mentioned, the ones I've been able to wrestle, like, those are, like, memories I look back on finally. Like, anything I've wanted to do, anybody I've wanted to wrestle in wrestling, like, I've done that. I, I've, I've been a part of it long enough to where anybody I've saw and thought, okay, I want to wrestle that guy, I've wrestled him, like, from, right from RJ city to Cody Deener to Ethan page to my best Pepper friend, as well. Too, right? Russell Pepper yep. Parks, Pepper Parks Dukes. Yeah. All these guys. And like, we've had great matches. Um, and even more recently, like, so the, the program I just recently got finished up doing at DSW was sort of to usher in the new era against the the, the old timers. Mm-hmm. And like, when all those guys retired, the old Calrissians, Johnny Pumas, Kevin Grace, uh, Chris Cooper, uh, Uh, it was it was heartbreaking because i was like man these guys are leaving and i never got the chance to wrestle them but like i said brett always takes care of us he was lucky enough to pitch the idea of them coming back to to give us those matches that we we never thought would be possible so like with that i can say that i've wrestled anybody that i wanted to wrestle um i guess this is a way to to segue into what we're going to talk about next is like it it obviously never would have been possible it's only in my dreams but like eh, he's no longer with us but like i'm a t-shirt eddie de guerrero is my favorite wrestler of all time like if i would have ever gotten the chance to not not even wrestle him but like to to share a locker room with him that would have meant everything to me wow But like thinking of that too like something that's a little more realistic and still a little more of a possibility is like chavo's still out there he's still wrestling a little bit so like that's somebody i want to like not only wrestle in the ring and learn from but be able to talk to and like with his experiences uh, of living with, with Eddie and being a part of that family. Like I'd love to be able to talk with him and pick his brain. So for me, it's Chavo Guerrero. Okay.
0: There you go. There we go. Yeah. I think originally we were going to be discussing a specific Eddie Guerrero match, but this, this episode is actually pretty, uh, it's, it's a pretty full episode. Uh, But what it made me want to do though, uh, Vince is we want to cover, do a whole episode devoted to Eddie. And it feels only natural that you're going to, you should be a guest on that as well. So we're just discussing, Uh, nothing but I'm Eddie and and, and yeah. matches and his life and, and, and all that stuff. Um, dude, it was so yeah, awesome dude, to have so you cool on
3: because dude. like, Oh, you're cutting me off damn. No, 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 <laughs> go ahead, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was so cool because you messed me and said, we we're going to talk about Eddie and Lesnar. I was like, man, that's awesome. I just watched that match last night. I, yeah. I just watched it, the The first DVD that he had last night It was the, the cheating death, stealing life DVD. And like the, nice. watching that was tough for me because if you ever watch that back it's really like scary foreshadowing because that was released a year before he passed and they're interviewing some of these guys about the problems that Eddie had in his career and like d malenko says he says i don't want to wake up one day and find a, mm-hmm. a message that my de- my friend is dead in a hotel room yeah and then like two minutes later jr talks about like Eddie has a problem we had to approach him about it in minneapolis yeah wow like yeah talk about the hotel room in minneapolis like that's how this happened and a year later sure enough that's what happens. Like wow that hit hard it put me to tears but like the conclusion of that dvd was eddie versus lesnar and like to watch that match such a great story and i don't i could talk about that match for hours yeah, obviously yeah. we're on a limited time here so like yeah yeah man i'm I'm all for doing an eddie episode like he's, yeah. he's my favorite wrestler of all time he's my biggest inspiration so like yep. yeah I, i'm like i'm really grateful and appreciative that you guys were able to have me on like like i said i thought this was gonna be done after you guys had Golo on but No, no, no way. I I hope I didn't kill hardly the Cape for anybody, but this is a very (laughs) fun experience for me.
0: No, we loved, I loved loved having you here. I can't speak for the other two boys, but I loved having you on, man. It was, it was awesome. Great to, I mean, I love always hearing that. You hear the the background behind wrestlers. You hear their experiences and, and a lot of times they'll be kind of, kind of the same, right? Oh, I had road experiences or this was my first time training, but it's always different. There's always something that, that that it's always unique to hear a specific uh, person's experience, dude. Thanks so much for coming on, man. It was, it was, awesome and we're definitely having you back for the eddie episode
1: yeah dude thanks for hanging out with us thanks for hanging out it was a good time
0: so uh what about you boys you guys anything else to say before we kick it off here
2: i think i got one no i'm just kidding i'm good (laughs) we should let let vince uh, pimp out his stuff yeah exactly Uh, i don't know if people have noticed but i don't know where it's at it's either gonna be here or here uh you can see his his shirts you can get uh so vince please tell people we're gonna go get your shirts or your merch yet
3: yeah we're on uh pro wrestling t a search of vince valor on there and the great thing about that right now is there's a memorial day so g- sale going on so i think it's until tomorrow actually you can use the code memorial and get 20 off like i got some cool shirts on there uh a lot of them i, I could probably get in trouble for is ripping off like WWE and the incredibles and tr- all these trademark logos but like that's what's in nowadays yeah. so i mean right. so, yeah, there's fair- some cool shirts on there appreciate it if anybody buys them
2: well to be fair WWE europe's off other things i mean the revolt is <laughs> yeah. you know
0: that's all that it's all about <laughs> yeah make sure you check out his stuff uh, hit out his twitter at vince 31 uh his instagram instagram 31 and like he said, pro wrestling tees at vince 31 i believe is, is the extension on that uh dude thanks so much for being on the show guys thanks very much uh, so much for watching the live stream if you're watching the live stream and if you're listening thanks so much for listening as always this is Chris Chavez closing it out for Johnny Townsend and Matt Johnson. If we've got nothing else to do, let's take it home, boys. One, two.